Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm Rob, and I am thrilled to get to be the host of this show. I feel super lucky. I work for this awesome company called Elevation Corporate Health. And in each episode of the Elevation Corporate Health podcast, I get to have a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how they elevate themselves. It's my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little closer to becoming the best version of you. Well, in this episode, I was thrilled to get to have a conversation with Brian O'Callaghan. Brian is a fitness manager for Elevation Corporate Health at one of our centers out in Colorado. Uh, Ryan is a native Minnesotan, um, and he moved to La Crosse, Wisconsin, where he went to school at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Um, at the end of his senior year, he moved to Colorado to pursue an internship and to complete his exercise science degree. Um, and it's while living in Colorado that Ryan took a deep dive into his education, getting experience in human performance, nutrition, corrective exercises, recovery, and sleep. We talk a lot about this in this conversation, specifically sleep and nutrition. And I think Ryan does a really great job of getting some very tangible, low-hanging fruit things that each one of us can do to kind of elevate ourselves. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ryan as much as I did. Ryan, thanks so much for doing this, man. It's great to have you on the show. Rob, it's great to be on the show. Thank you for just taking the time out of your day to just let me be on here with you. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, I, there's been, there's several people that work for Elevation that I've wanted to have a conversation with for a while. Um, you have been at the top of my list. I'm glad we're finally doing this. You, you do so many different things. I just read that in the intro, but you've got so many different uh, specialties and uh, I kind of want to dig into some of these today. And I just, uh, well, we'll talk about it, but I, I love your, your, your passion and you, you love what you do. And I always feel good every time we talk. So thanks for doing this, man. No, thank you so much. And there's so much fascinating research out there. So it's really hard not to just continue to kind of dive into it and kind of learn more on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, we're going to get into that research. I guess the, the first thing I, I would love for you just to tell our listeners, um, kind of uh, your history with Elevation. So like how long you worked for the company and then maybe prior to that, um, a little bit about your, your background and uh, how you ended up where you are today. Oh, absolutely. So I started with Elevation just over three years ago as an intern at the site I'm located at right now. And so I did that three-month internship during the summer months. I originally moved here from La Crosse, Wisconsin. I went to the University of Wisconsin, La Crosse. And I did that internship. And then once that internship was done, there was no job openings at Elevation at first. So I ended up working at UFIT for just a couple months before one of our managers had an open position at our Empower contract. So I ended up working over there for a few months and then jumping board over here at First Bank and just been here since for about two, two and a half years. And then prior to that, I went to school at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, where I got my degree in exercise sports science with a business administration minor. And then just before that was focusing a little bit in the athletic training realm, actually. I spent about two years doing mentorships within that realm uh, and then just always had a passion for sports and exercise. So it's all been just kind of one track that kind of brought me all here. That's really cool. I didn't realize the business administration thing. And obviously that serves you really well as fitness manager, uh, you know, have, having that experience. 
Um, you, you mentioned that you did some internships in athletic training. Was there anything in particular there that you, you said, no, I'm going to pivot. This is cool, but I think I really want to go this route or did think life just kind of happen? Uh, it came down to two areas, really. First and foremost, uh, I went to UWL for their athletic training program, which is a highly competitive program. So you have to apply prior to getting there. So we had about 75 applicants. They accepted 35. I was within that initial group of 35. Now, over the next year, uh, we spent anywhere between 5 to 20 hours a week in the athletic training room working with athletes and the uh, more of the official student athletic trainers. Uh, before three to four weeks before the school year ends, they go through a full committee. We do an interview process, uh, and then they accepted 11 out of those 35 individuals. And I ended up being 14th overall, so I just missed it. But overall, I've been very grateful for it because looking back at it, I don't think athletic training would have been the right thing for me. Plus, it's 70, 80-hour work weeks throughout the sports seasons, and it's not always the most enjoyable experience just from the athletic trainers I've talked to. Yeah, I've heard that as well. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's one of those roles that it seems very glamorous, right? And I even think about that from the nutrition side, like, oh, it'd be great to be the, you know, in charge of the nutrition for like the New England Patriots. And then I, I watched a documentary on this and I was like, that's, I don't think so. That's, uh, that's a lot. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I think it's one of those things where it seems glamorous on the outside, You're like, oh, you get to work with athletes. But um, uh, that's, yeah, it's refreshing to hear you have that same take on it. Um, absolutely it looks it would have been cool but, yep yeah we, we end up where we're supposed to oh, end up. um i i guess you, know, <laughs> exactly. you mentioned uh we, we talked about all the different things that you do one thing that i i love to ask everybody is how do you stay organized this is a very selfish question because i'm always looking to find ways in which i can kind of optimize my organization but is there in all the different your clients your group fitness classes all that how, how do how do you stay organized uh, I basically use a notepad throughout the work week. So I first and foremost use my Google calendar to kind of dictate all my different meetings, my clients and so forth. And then I also create an agenda every day where I'll go into that notebook and I'll write down, this is what I want to accomplish. This is what needs to be done right away. And then it kind of just goes down to the least important activities as the day progresses. So if I have that extra time to accomplish those tasks, I like to get those done. Otherwise, it just gets moved on to the next day, the next day, and so forth. That's really good. I do, I do a similar thing, although I'm not great at it, but that needs to happen, has to happen, would be great if it happened. Um, but I like that you just, that you, those of you listening, you can't see, but Ryan just showed, showed a, st a steno notebook. Um, and I like that because you get that good flip over, right? You turn it over, cross it off. Yeah, that's got a good, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I may need to pick one of those up. Very cool. Um, we, we talked about this, and I, I would love for you to just, before we get into it, um, tell folks what you're working on right now when it comes to sleep and your certification and what that process has been like, um, because you have a big, uh, you're giving a presentation soon for us. So kind of tell folks what it is you've been working on, and uh, then, then I want to talk all things sleep. Absolutely. So this was a certification where I was talking to our director of education. I was like, 
just based on the clients all I've seen here and as everyone I've had conversations with, most people struggle with sleep. And for me, I struggled with sleep for years. So I really wanted to learn a little bit more about the science of sleep. And so I ended up going to a free conference about a year and a half ago, a virtual conference. And I was introduced to an individual named Nick Lambay who created the online sleep and recovery certification. And so I dove into that certification and it really broke down a lot of different mechanisms behind sleep and understanding the behavioral science behind it, which was absolutely fascinating for me because he really did a wonderful job of breaking it down into multiple sections and then breaking it down into just real advice that you can take home with you and start activating ASAP. Now, one of the coolest parts about this certification, which I haven't seen in other certifications is you are required to coach two other individuals before you can actually get that certification. So you have to reach out to your own network, meet with people and go through that whole coaching process. And then from there, just kind of break it down to what did you accomplish during those sessions and what did that client experience? And with one of the clients I worked with, uh, she had a very positive response with the coaching. Uh, her sleep has generally started and shit into from being into a kind of a rougher state into slightly getting better and better on a per week basis. So it's really fascinating to see that with that certification process, how the individual broke it down, as well as just all the added resources that he provided within that certification course. Nice, 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 nice. You know, I, I said before on this show, um, I didn't come up with this. I, I stole it from a, a, a coach, but uh, the single greatest performance enhancing drug that we know of is sleep. Um, it is. You get people trying to search for this magic pill, but li literally the single greatest performance enhancing drug is sleep. Um, so I guess the, the first thing we'll just kind of start broad, but like if uh, somebody comes to you or maybe like my mom or somebody asked me like, how do I get better sleep, Rob? What are like three things that you would say a person should do to try to just baseline low hanging fruit, improve your sleep? Uh, it's really going to be kind of dependent on the individual and kind of what is causing their inability to fall asleep or stay asleep. So if it's someone who is high stress and always has those thoughts churning in their mind, I really recommend nasal breathings. So the 4-7 model is a very effective model for reducing overall stress. And that 4-7 model means breathe in through your nose for four seconds. Then you're going to hold it there for seven seconds. At the end of those seven seconds, you're going to breathe out for eight seconds, very slow, and just through those lips. Doing that over a couple cycles, I typically recommend anywhere between six to 10 cycles will really help de-stress individuals. I've also seen with some individuals, writing down their thoughts can be very effective and helping to kind of brain dump or leave out all their negative thoughts. Along with that, if they are struggling with sleep and falling asleep, one of the biggest things they can do to improve their ability to fall asleep is exercise. And we know how important exercise is into improving the health and well-being of individuals. And when they exercise more, they're going to increase their overall sleep drive or sleep pressure so that when they hit that pillow, they can be right out cold. I love those. I love all three of those. Um, and in particular, that 4-7, is that coming from Dr. Andrew Huberman's the one I've heard talk about that. Uh, he's out of Stanford, right, where he, he talks about that same thing. And I, I've kind of picked that up myself. And uh, I, I've done it like prior to eating a meal, right? You know, like you're going, go, 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 go. And then it's like, all right, like, just, just take a minute. 
and it really does help us. And we're going to get into nutrition in a second, but that does help you get into that, that same type of mode where you can really just kind of relax for a second. Right. Oh, absolutely. So much. And that's one of those big things where it can be utilized at any point in the day. Maybe you're getting a little bit stressed before a presentation or a work meeting. You can utilize those breathing techniques to shift you from that sympathetic or that fight or flight system into that parasympathetic, which is that rest and digest, where you're going to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more confident, and just ready to rock your day. Um, you know, we, we both have a passion for research. Are you able to now, like with the clients that you mentioned that you worked with, um, one of them, you said through the coaching improved it. Are you quantifying the sleep at all yet? Um, like, are we doing sleep journals or are they wearing any trackers or anything? So we typically, at least haven't yet utilized trackers. One thing I would love to utilize is either sleep trackers or heart rate variability trackers because we can start looking into a lot more objective. Uh, more right now is a lot of the subjective realm, uh, which is always crazy to think about because during that uh, certification, we looked at some of the studies from just doing true kind of behavioral therapy. And they find that individuals who have true insomnia even an increase of 15 minutes, they will feel 10 times better than what they actually feel on a per day basis. So still we're going with more of those subjective measures, but it'd be great to get a little bit more objective measures as well. That's a great answer. And I love that you pointed that out because I've read that as well. I've read some of Matthew Walker's stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with him in the sleep war. And he's talked about that before that a lot of people that struggle with insomnia, they actually are asleep, but they're, they're and just a little bit goes a long way. And look, I, I track this. I've talked before about my whoop on here. Uh, I track everything. Right. But there are times where like it may give me a score and I'm like, I disagree with you. I feel better than that. Right. And so there is always going to be that element of you, you got to listen to your body and trust yourself. And that subjective really it does. It does matter. Oh, very much so. So always take both considerations into play. Uh, we, we briefly hit on it. Now I would love to kind of pivot over into nutrition because nutrition also has a, has a role in sleep. Um, uh, I, I guess first tell folks you're, you're a nutrition coach as well. Um, I, I guess maybe share, let's start there, share your, your top three, like my, my diet's kind of all over the place. I'm coming to you for the first time. I, you know, I know I need to lose some weight. Kind of what would be the kind of the first three things that you would start with somebody when it comes to nutrition, just that low hanging fruit of going to improve nutrition. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things, and I think a majority of nutritionists and nutrition coaches can agree upon this is really increasing your lean protein. We'll typically see good promises with anywhere between 0.5 to one gram per kilogram of body weight uh, that we've seen studies out there. We've done upwards of 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight uh, with no adverse effects. So protein is a great source and that way it's going to help you keep or maintain that lean muscle. It'll also help you keep fuller throughout the day so you don't eat as much calories as well as anyone who's in the human performance realm you really do need that protein to just keep helping yourself develop into that next level on that secondary case is going to be just uh, fruits and or vegetables i know a lot of people do struggle with eating fruits and vegetables and not everyone likes vegetables 
vegetables. I've struggled with that in the past of eating my own vegetables. So finding strategies like seasoning in a proper way, roasting it versus maybe boiling it or steaming it will help create and enhance those sugars within those natural vegetables. I'll make it just a little bit better. And then lastly, just eating whole grains. I know a lot of times, especially with the ketogenic diet becoming so popular out there that people are really trying to stay away from their grains and a lot of carbs carbs are really necessary for the livelihood of each and every individual. Do we find some groups that might benefit from ketogenic? Yes, but that's typically more of a medically uh, prescribed uh, meal plan or diet versus anyone who should just be doing it. So those are my big three is focusing on that lean protein, focusing on those fruits and vegetables and eat those whole grains. Don't eat that wonder bread where you take that slice of bread and you can squeeze into a ball, get that hearty bread where it has those seeds, those nuts, and everything included with it. Oh my goodness, you're firing me up. Those are three great ones. Uh, and I, I really appreciate it. I, I just heard a uh, uh, lecture from Abby Smith Ryan out of UNC. She's kind of, she looks at a lot of uh, body composition and performance. And she expressed, and, and I had previously kind of been of this, this thought that um, only 20 to 30 grams is all that could be metabolized by the body. But she said, no, like, especially after a workout, you can go upwards of 40 grams afterwards. So I, I appreciated what you said of that range of the lean protein that you could be down to 0.5 of per kilogram or up to two. And it's a nice reminder that we're all, we're all different and our needs are different and that you can really load up on that lean protein. Absolutely. And one thing that I found that was really fascinating because like you, I was always thinking like you could only consume 20 to 30 grams of protein. Otherwise your body's just going to not be able to metabolize that. But as I was diving through research, I forget where this came from, but they're really talking about, let's say you ate a hundred grams of protein. Your body's going to try to find a way to utilize it. We're not going to just take that 20 to 30 grams and then just excrete the rest of it. Your body's always going to try to find ways like oh, that muscle cell is 80% recovered. Let's bring it back up to 100% now because we have excess protein. Yeah, that's the truth. And it's also fruits and vegetables. I always, people are, try to overeat fruits and vegetables. Try to do it. I eat a giant salad every night. I look like a rabbit, but just try to do it. You can't do it. Your body will tell you no, and uh, it'll make you full as opposed to if you took that fruit and dumped it in a smoothie and then you could you could have three times as much, um, drink a glass of orange juice or- uh, try to eat three oranges. You're not going to be able to eat the three oranges, right? Absolutely. Um, the, the final thing I want to hit on before we go to rapid fire real quick is just, you know, look, you're, you're a people person. I said at the beginning, every time I talk to you, I feel energized. I feel good. You, you create engagement. It's been well-documented within our company, all the great things that you've done at your center. Um, how do you do it? Like, wh where does that come from? Did you have any mentors in your life? Have you just always been that way? Um, just, you know, maybe somebody's listening to this and they've got a small business somewhere and camaraderie's low. How do, how do you create engagement uh, with, with your membership? So first and foremost, 10, 15 years ago, I was the quietest kid possible. I was very antisocial, very just that quiet kid in the corner. And it kind of just progressed over time where I started just meeting really cool people, starting getting conversations. And I think one of the biggest areas that really helped me, surprisingly, was my years of bartending experience. I was a professional bartender for about three and a half, four years. And the owner slash one of my mentors, Kyle Prentice, really did a great job of kind of educating me on how to create these strong uh, responses with the questions you ask and the engagement you create with your customers. 
And that was something I was really able to bring over here at First Bank where uh, everyone likes to talk about themselves. So ask questions about themselves, find out a little bit more about their life, ask them if they have dogs, kids, what they're doing on their weekends. It really kind of excites people. And then you can really just kind of create that relationship from there. And then as you build those relationships, they'll tell their friends like, hey, go down, talk to Rob at his center and so far because he's fascinating. It's always one of those things where I've heard where the ability to listen makes you fascinating compared to someone who can just talk, talk, and talk. People really enjoy that. And then just have fun, be lighthearted, crack a few jokes if you're a jokester. I know I like to joke around quite a bit, but that's really just kind of how I did. And along with that, just be yourself. That is awesome, awesome advice. The listening thing, I, I always think of this, you can, what I, everybody sees a polarizing figure, but Bill Clinton, one of the best listeners ever, right? And there's no reason why he was one of the greatest politicians in US history. Uh, because he, like, people say that when he meets you, like, he, you are the most important person in the world to him, and he just soaks you up. And I, I think that that gets lost sometimes. We all get busy, we got things we're thinking about. But that ability to just kind of keep your mouth shut. And really be interested in what the other person has to say because you, you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth you know they could tell you the most amazing thing in the world um so that ability to listen i, I think is great and then also asking people about what's going on people yeah you're right people like to talk and uh, uh there's some amazing people out there in the world well i i love all of those that was that was good you're you're a pro and i also love the bartending thing right it is like a, a good bartender like the guy that keeps you coming back to the bar is that person that when you come back in, he says, oh, how was the uh, the wedding? And you're like, I haven't seen you in two months. And he's like, no, I know the, that wedding you went to for Jane. Like that ability to the, call that back is uh, is powerful. Absolutely. It's one of those fascinating things. And then the second you set both their drinks out and they're ready to go, everyone's happy. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's move to rapid fire. I'm just going to throw some questions at you real quick. Don't overthink it. Just give me your answer. First thing that comes to your head. All right. All right. All right. What's one thing you do every single day to elevate yourself? Read for 15 to 30 minutes. Nice. Uh, best purchase you've made in the last month for less than $10. Oh, that's a challenging one. I'm probably going to have to say uh, probably the sandwich I got yesterday was delicious. <laughs> nice. Nice. A good, a good sandwich goes a long way. While we're on the food, uh, food topic, what's your favorite snack? Ooh, I'm going to just say mixed nuts from Costco. Yeah, I love a good mixed nuts. Um, when was the last time you laughed really hard? <sighs> laughed really hard was probably just a couple of weeks ago. I was at one of my college roommates' weddings, and we were joking around, just talking about classic stories of our college days, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Those are the best. I had one of those with an old high school football buddy recently, and we were in tears. Uh, you can only do one exercise for the rest of your life. What are you doing? Deadlifts, 100%. My man, that's my answer to it. I would be running, but then deadlifts. If it's one exercise, yeah, all day long. Um, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Uh, I'm reading the uh, therapeutic exercise of the lumbopelvic uh, stabilization. I forget the last part of it. It's a college textbook. I need that in my life. Let me know how that goes when that's finished. I, I need that for my running. Um, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Any one of those three. Nice, nice. And then finally, where can people find you on social media and elsewhere? Are you anywhere where anybody could find you and where you share any of this awesome information you just shared with us? 
I only actually have it for my members here at First Bank. We do keep our accounts private, so no public information from me, sadly. But folks could email you if they had a follow-up question, right? Absolutely, and they can reach out to me at First Bank Fitness at Contact Elevation or r.ocalhan at Contact Elevation as well. Awesome. Well, Ryan, this was great. We're out of time, but thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate this. This was a ton of fun. Thanks, man. You're welcome. And thank you so much, Rob. It was a pleasure to be on here today and you have a wonderful rest of your day. Well, how much fun was that? Seriously, how cool is Ryan? I mean, that was really a great conversation. I, I could have gone on for a while um, and we could have kept digging into the literature, uh, but I, I think he gave some really good practical pieces of advice, specifically when it came to nutrition and sleep. So I hope you found that helpful. As always, feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram at Elevation Corporate Health or at Elevation Members. Um, and I'll leave you with this piece of wisdom. And as I think we hit on in this episode, part cannot be well until whole is well. As I mentioned, I am proud to work for Elevation Corporate Health. We've been in business for over 26 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. That's right, folks. 26 years. Do you know only 25% of businesses make it 15 years or more? It's just one of the many reasons why you can trust Elevation Corporate Health because we've seen it all. And whatever your needs might be, we've got you covered from fitness management and online training to on-site classes, integrated technology. We help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. I encourage you to learn more about us at ElevationCorporateHealth.com and to follow us on social media at Elevation Corporate Health. And if you're an Elevation member, at Elevation Members.